0: plan for that take action you can learn all that there is books and people and so on but once you've got that knowledge is what do you do with it are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one you're in the right place welcome to where should i invest real estate investing in canada with your host sarah larvey
1: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest? I am Sarah Larby, and as always, it is uh, great to have you back. And uh, we've got another awesome episode this week. Actually, this is a a pretty interesting story. The guest from today reached out to me just about some other things, and I thought she had a really cool story. So I suggested that she come on the show and and talk about that. And you know what the really cool thing is she and her husband – and uh, you guys will hear a little bit about it. We're actually selected to be on HDTV for a show and I believe it was Scott McGilvery, and uh, it was income properties and it was uh she sent me the link afterwards. It was quite interesting and it was actually one of her first properties. So she's going to actually talk to us about how she got started in real estate investing and that is actually the first property which is uh, which is really quite interesting. And so today's guest is monica and monica has been attending the right club for a little while as well super excited to have her on the show for me it's always really important to have different investors at all different types of levels and backgrounds and just so that you've got lots of different ideas on how you can get started or how you can keep scaling and if you already have a bunch of properties how to keep going to that next level or if you don't that you still have some people also that you can relate to so super excited for today's guest and so yeah so today's guest monica alexandra and um she and her husband have been working full-time and also investing in real estate super interesting story if you guys ever are interested in learning um, and viewing the show notes to learn more about everyone I usually have like how to reach out to them their website any email contact information so that's always in the show notes and if you ever have any questions about specific guests or questions in general reach out to me Sarah at, Sarah at larby.com Check out the website. There's lots of different things, some freebies as well on there that you can download at Sarah larby.com And I would say right now on the website, there is a checklist of how to pick the very best markets. And it's a fundamentals checklist that I use. And it allows me to figure out do I want to invest in that area or not. And also, I do share as well some of my tips for tenant screening and the application with questions that i use i'm happy to send that to anybody that does email me just keep in mind i do answer all the emails myself i do want to make that point because to me it's important that you hear back from me and and not a virtual assistant so with that said, it does sometimes take me 10 days to get through everything, but I will get back to you. That is very important to me to be able to respond to anyone that reaches out and that has questions. And uh, again, best way to reach me by email, which is sarah at sarah at larby.com. Or if you wanted to come out to The Right Club, which is another event in Burlington, and we are, there's four of us, four co-founders. We host monthly events, we have monthly events every single month except for July and August, we take a little bit of time off then, but we also have full day weekend events so if Burlington is a little bit further from you, you can come out to a full day event and sometimes we also have two day events so stay tuned for that, we're actually putting something together that's going to be a big conference in October of 2020 and about to go online for the right club community so if you are listening from vancouver or montreal or wherever else you'll actually have access to an online community very shortly as well so stay tuned for that and thank you again for tuning in and happy to help and let's get on with the show hi monica welcome to the show how are you wonderful hi thank you i'm doing well a little nervous but great Awesome. Awesome. So you, uh, I think originally sent me this amazing email and I'm like, I have to have you on the show and talk about your success so far and you know, everything about real estate. And, uh, and so I wanted to, uh, to share, it's important for me to share with the audience, people that are at different stages of their real estate process or their, you know, the real estate game or the real estate whatever you'd want to call it, from beginners to intermediate to advanced and different strategies. And so that's why it was important for me to have you on the show. So I'm super excited. So let's get started. First question, Monica, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and your real estate strategy? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having
0: me on your podcast. This is my very first podcast and it's really exciting. Where to start? Well, The reason I sent you that, and I sent you a little, a quick little video when I was in Venice, because that's one of my goals is to be able to go travel around the world and just do a quick little video on real estate. My story, I think it's no different than than anybody else, really. There comes a point in your life when, you know, things change. I was working in a corporate environment, really enjoying my job. Up until the day that things really change the workload becomes, it becomes um, a moment where you really have to take a stand and it's either your family or your job. For my situation, it became that I was getting sick. So I had to make a choice, left the corporate lifestyle. I started investing in real estate. It's something that I wanted to do for a very long time. However, my husband was really hesitant mainly because we had my brother who encouraged us to proceed. He was making, you know, a little bit of cash flow. We had a friend who was making no cash flow and it was just a headache for her. So for him, it was more, why do you want to get involved in something so negative? But, you know, when things happen and I'm going to say it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. So at work, we were doing online, figure out how much we need to retire. So this is what I would help other employees do, go into the savings plan, explain the programs. So funny thing is that when they gave us this tool to show the employees, I went on it first. Don't I realize it pops up at the end after you put all your assets, all your savings, it says, you're gonna to have to work part-time at retirement. So oh, that, no. <laughs> that was horrible. Sarah, that was horrible. That's like hitting a panic button. So that's when I called my husband and I was, you know, oh my God, like, do you realize that I have to work after retirement? We don't have enough to retire. And I and I said, you know, let's start investing in real estate. And so here is, you know, I am going just freaking out after seeing all this. And he was like, whoa, 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 relax okay, we'll do it. (laughs) And that really took, like, that was what really got things started.
1: That's a really great story. I mean, you know, my story in a way it was a little bit different. I mean, it's different, but it's similar that he took uh, a couple of years to convince him as well to, to want to, to do it, but now you're in it. So how long have you been investing in real estate now?
0: Since 2011.
1: All right. So 2011. And is your strategy like buy and hold? Or are you doing any renos? What does that look like?
0: Uh, so we've done, I'm going to say long flips, Burr effects. So we've bought something undervalued. So my husband renovates for a living and he was amazing at being able to identify what's a, something that is going, even though it's ugly, it was disgusting when we first bought. It was horrible. Everything needed work, but he was able to see beyond that. He was able to see that it had good bones, all the potentials. We were able to work really well together because now suddenly we were both working with the real estate agents, the brokers, finding the property, and he really came with a lot of wealth of information. So we did, bought undervalued, renovated. Actually, it was so funny because we were so tight with funds that we used to watch, like I love watching HGTV. And and I couldn't figure out why their prices were so low. So I would watch that and say to my husband, "Can you like duplicate what he's doing at that price?" And he'd say, "No, I can duplicate the work. That's not a problem, but not at the amount that he was charging." So then I I said to him, "You know, well we've got a property now. How about I contact them and let them do the work for less the amount that that, that's going to cost us?" That was hilarious. So he said, "Oh, how are you going to get in there?" And I thought let me just apply. And then they called us, we got in and it was so much fun. So Scott McGilvery, We were
1: in income property that year. Oh, you really actually, you got, that is cool. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> we had like an amazing time.
0: And my husband was so funny because when I would say, Oh my goodness, I can to do the whole thing. My husband was focused on getting a triplex at the time. I didn't even know what a triplex was, to be honest. He just said, I don't want a little house. I want this. I want that. So I kind of met all his requirements for him to say, okay. But now we had a challenge. We had very little money to renovate. So this was our ticket to getting something that would be amazingly done at a lower cost. But here's the thing. Like, I'm a little camera shy. Like, even doing this is out of my comfort zone. But because it meant that we were going to have our dreams come true. I'm like, let's go for it. Let's do it. And my husband said something really funny. He said to me, um, you realize that Scott McGillery, he's just a pretty boy for the camera. And I went, Oh my God, that's hilarious. I'm going to write that. I'm going to say that this is what you think about him.
1: And he called us. It was amazing. We just had an awesome time. That is really cool. So you actually did it with him like through the whole yes. process. Yeah. So I learned a lot from there. That's so interesting. Okay. So because I always feel like, and I, I have not been in, you know, in your situation, but there's stuff that is missing, like holding costs and different things like that. So like, why don't you actually talk about how the whole process happened, how the show happened, like, what, like how the numbers worked out, how you set them up, how they actually turned out. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually interested in, or hopefully you're able to share that information with us. Okay, so from what
0: I remember, well, the first thing, the reason that I want, like I said, is because it was a huge project for us, right? And very little amount left over for, for renovating. One of the things that I found out is that the reason that this shows, shows such a small amount in having to pay for all this renovations cost is because they're pretty much charging you for labor. So all the material they're getting it through their vendors, all their, all
1: their suppliers, they're just giving that away. Oh, so that is, but that is also what they post as totals, like the total rental cost is basically free material plus labor. Yeah, it's basically free materials.
0: And apparently years ago, they used to be totally free. Now, the only reason that I applied for that was because my husband was making it very challenging. He's someone that will say like, no to almost like everything. No, we can't buy a property. No, they're not going to call you. No, we cannot handle a big job with no money so I'm like okay you know what you're giving me a challenge I have to go for it I have to figure
1: how to work this and then that's only then they would realize what was going on right so did you finish the project with them like what did the numbers look like can you share that like what the financials look like
0: they did the entire apartments they did. They converted a two-bedroom apartment into three-bedroom apartment. They did flooring, the kitchen renovation. Well, just very lightly, right? Just uh, uh, cleaned it up, spruced it up. The bathroom was renovated, and like I said, the additional bedroom was put in. And that, oh my goodness, I can't remember how much that cost or how much they said. It was super low. It, it was. I can't remember exactly, but I'm, I'm going to guess $13,000, $14,000, which is the wow. amount today is what you would pay for a bathroom. And this was beautiful. They had it staged. It was magnificent. And it was funny because we're just newbies at the time. I had a lot of questions, so I made like a list of questions to ask Scott. I knew at the time that Scott had a program. I think it's called Keyspire. And right. those they're, they're not cheap, right? I mean, he's providing his expert advice. However, we didn't have the money for that. So during lunchtime, during the break, I'd say to Scott, okay, Scott, I've got a few questions for you, and I'm willing to do a trade-off. Listen, when you have your kids, I'm willing to babysit. I'm willing to work for you, like all these different things. And the director would say, you know what, just ask you questions. So he's the one that provided a lot of guidance. He was the one that said, you look know, close to school. Look, do a student rental. He taught me about how to interview individuals, how to set appointments every 15, 20
1: minutes apart. So it like I had a really good start just from talking to him. That is a really awesome story. I love hearing that. So did they create like a show and like drama around each episode that didn't necessarily exist? Like did they make you freak out over certain things that you'd be like, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Like how did that all work out? I'm always interested in that entertainment.
0: Yeah, you do freak out if you don't know what you're doing, right? I had told him that my husband, I mean, he renovates for a living. They're like, oh, it's okay, not not to worry about that. And there was an episode, of one part when they were, sh- the bathroom looked like it had mold, right? So Scott is like, okay, everybody stop. You know, we have to get an expert in here. And I'm panicking because we're tight on funds. I'm like, oh my God. And I had this, the microphone on, my, on me still. So I'm telling my husband, oh my God, like they're what, how much is this gonna cost us and where are we gonna get this money? And he's like, it's no big deal. Just get some water, sponge, you know, clean it up. I'm like, no, no, what if it's a lot of money? He's like, it's fine, it's not a lot of money. So then they have us come back in, like they pause, they come, they have us come back in, and he's like, okay, I've got some great news. It's not a
1: big deal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, I'm just freaking out. So your freak out was real though. Like they didn't say, oh, Monica, please freak out to make this more entertaining. No, they didn't say that. And they didn't see me freaked out. Actually, it was just
0: me and my husband. It was me telling, oh my God, like what's going to happen? How much is this going to cost us?
1: Yeah. That's, like that's that That's hilarious. So and how was, did you find the money? Like, did you have the money or did you borrow the money? I had a little bit of money left over, right? From all our transactions. So we
0: refinanced our house. We had, we did everything with no money whatsoever. This is where my daughters always get, they start laughing. They're like, you say we have no money. Then why are you buying properties? Where is this money coming from? So I'd say, well, we don't have money to buy a luxurious car, but we're refinancing using those funds to buy a house.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, that's how people scale, right? That's how you go for Like your first one, you're, re- you're going to save for your first one, most likely. But afterwards, you're going to be- first one. We had no money for a first time. (laughs) We just refinanced
0: our house immediately after my panic button hit and I called him and he said, yes, I called a real estate agent. I called the mortgage broker and I'm like, let's go. It was like straight on. Let's do it. And he was, you know, saying, wait, wait, you know, like take it easy. Let's just relax, calm down. We have a trip that we're going to go to. And I'm like, doesn't matter. We have to do this right away. So And we did. We actually, this pro- the first property that we got, we got very lucky because the person that was going to buy it, I think the deal fell through maybe financing. So there was an opportunity for us and we got this in the middle of winter, like December, we got it. A week later, we were off to our trip and we did a long closing because we did not know what we we're doing. So that would give us just time to figure out, oh my God, we got this. Now what? What do we do now? So during that period is when I applied uh, to income property and we had so much fun. Like it was funny because my husband, Raphael, he kept saying, Scott doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing or Scott gets somebody else to do his work. Scott is very knowledgeable, but the crew does most of the work. (laughs) 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 you You know what? It could be a coincidence, but every time the camera's on you're working and he'd say, total coincidence where should i invest with your host sarah larvey we'll be right back
1: hey guys i just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because i wanted to introduce you to dahlia barsoom of streetwise mortgages i am a big believer as you guys probably have heard Work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to, A, understand why it was creeping up like that, and B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she works with many, many investors, and she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So, the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So, if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis it was a game changer for me and it allowed me to actually understand what i needed to do how many properties i was going to get because of the cash flow that i was looking for if you guys wanted to reach out to dahlia you can reach out to her by email which is info at streetwisemortgages.com or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com and then just go to the contact section and you can also call her at 1 208 6255. Thanks for listening and back to the show.
0: Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey.
1: <laughs> that's funny but you know like a lot of investors they work on their business they not don't work in the business like for me exactly I'm not be laying tile flooring I mean if I do it'll probably be messed up looking <laughs> yes. yeah. So you know that you just hire your team so I think he's genius for for doing yes. that and he knows exactly what he's doing he knows what
0: needs to get done they try to get me involved in doing some renovations which for me it's not an area that I enjoy it's not something that I like They wanted me to be in a working outfit, and I'm like, my heels, like, this is what I wear. I'm not gonna wear construction boots, so I had to give myself, I had to, you know, be creative, and I just walked in first day, and I'm like, I'm supervising everybody. I'm seeing who's here did lunch get ordered I'm
1: just supervising <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it sounds like a super fun experience so okay so just to recap so you had a primary residence and then you refinance that to pull out money so you can buy an income property right. okay so so that's I mean then just to go back to the financing piece right like when you get started so if you don't have a primary residence it's gonna be a little bit harder you're gonna have to save or right. if you're renting you're gonna have to save if you want to buy an income property but After your first one or two, you're reusing, you're refinancing those properties so that you can pull out some equity to be able to scale and buy the next one. And I think that's what sometimes people that are starting out, they're not exactly sure how does this person have five properties or nine properties or 15 properties or whatever it is. And it's like, exactly you can work with joint ventures, but if you're gonna do it by yourself, like I mean, I do well at my job, but I don't do well enough to be able to buy a property <laughs> from my income every single year.
0: <laughs> We've had a lot of people ask us, they're like, what, you're buying another property? And we did. It was funny because at the, at the location that my husband was renovating at the time, and the tenants, he like, he talks to everybody, where I'm like, oh, these shady tenants, because the area that we got was up and coming. And then I was really fortunate to, I got, I got all excited, right? So I'm like, I have to work for someone. I have to figure out how to do this correctly. And I came across this wonderful lady who was looking for someone to help her out, I go for an interview. We both realized that we were having a wonderful time talking, but I don't have the time for her. But she guides me to go to the rain. So I went to the rain, I learned a lot. Then once my husband said, hey, the next door building, it, well, it's a small family unit, right? It's a triplex. He said, that's for sale. All of a sudden I became like, I felt like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh my goodness, who's the realtor? said, no, there's no sign yet. So I go to, you know, find out who the real estate agent, I called him up and I'm like, yeah, it's Monica calling. I'd like to put an offer on that property. So now he's saying, well, you know, we've got an open house coming this weekend. Why don't you come by? And I'm like, oh, you've got an open house. No, if you want to make a sale, come to my office. I'm going to put an offer right now. It was that kind of confidence that I don't know. I just, I just felt it. And proceeded. After we're going through, then you panic afterwards. Like, <laughs> oh my God, where am I going to get this money? So we refinanced, but didn't have the twenty percent down. Then we learned about private lending. So that was that was a, like a a moment that defines you, right? Like yes, you're going to go ahead with it. Do private lending. It costs more money. All these costs are coming in. It it is scary, but you overcome it because even when you're paying $10,000 more in expenses, if you're going to gain $100,000, it makes perfect sense.
1: Absolutely. So so then just long story short, you got the property. Is that right? You got the property. You closed on the property. Yeah. You did renovations. You refinanced it. Yes. And then you paid back the private money. We paid back the private money, yes. So that's really interesting. So, there, to me, there's actually an unlimited supply of money. Like, money is easier to find than mortgage holders and money, and people that have money and mortgages, right? Or even just mortgages or mortgage spots ability. Money is out there, definitely. It, it
0: depends now how much you're willing to pay for it, how much you're willing to do. So, there's a lot of work to be done. So, real estate is something that I'm going to say it's a great wealth building mechanism, however, you have to know what you're doing. You have to do a lot of research. You have to be an expert
1: in it and make Absolutely. the right decisions. For sure. So so how did you come across the private money? Was it through your mortgage broker? Mortgage broker explained it to us, yes. Okay. So good guys work with a great mortgage broker that is an investor and works with investors. Absolutely. So the mortgage broker, so what was the term like how did how did that all work out? Walk us through that process. Somebody that doesn't know how to even start using private money? Like, What did that look like for you? Um, Back then, we had a choice. Right, We had to come up
0: with, I believe, 20% down. We only had 10% down. So it became a choice. Either you get the property, go through private financing. Uh, There's a lot of costs involved going in for one year term. You're going to pay interest only with the fact that just working some numbers, knowing that you can cash flow, you can pay for that, a year later, you can refinance again. So private money, I'm trying to remember back then, it was probably like 11%. But again, it was worth it. If you're getting a good property under value, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure that you have an exit strategy for it. I mean, I, I think these Definitely. days going 10 to 15% is not uncommon somewhere there. Plus, yes. potentially, there's some fees, obviously, associated with the legal fees that you've got to do. And you're probably going to pay on both the ends, right, to, pay for the other person's legal fees as well. That's lending the private money. Sometimes there are like points, sometimes there are no points. So it it really depends on the person, but you know, there's RSP money that people have that they can loan out through Olympia trust or community trust. There is registered tax-free savings account money, or it could be non-registered. So there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of people out there with RSPs that are doing nothing. Like maybe four or five percent and then you factor so
0: lucky.
1: yeah you know you factor four or five percent you know in your rsp if you just get a mutual fund plus you're paying like three percent fees for the management of that mutual fund and then you're paying you know to like well you're losing two to three percent on inflation so like something
0: inflation, that yeah. that's, a, that's a factor that people don't don't even think about don't even take into consideration
1: yeah so like i wouldn't want to put my money in something that's gonna earning me six percent a year I'm like, that is like nothing that is zero. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just, it makes more sense to, if you have RSP money out there, I mean, I'm not telling, giving you guys advice, like, you know, obviously consult privately with a one-on-one with whoever the expert is that you're working with. But for me, I'm like, I'm not going to just go buy mutual funds because it makes no sense. And I would rather loan my RSP money into
0: thing, it's true what you're saying because what happens with RSP TFSA when you've got everything in mutual fund you've got no control. If individuals just invest that in mortgages, it's tangible, right? It's a produce, it's a something that you can see, you can feel, you can touch, and also the investor, you know, there's going to be some cash flow, mortgage pay down. So when you look at the two kinds of investments, they're very different one you have no control, the other one you have some control, even at the level of just investing in mortgages.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, Monica, you obviously you've learned so much since since you started investing and you've done well. How has real estate changed your life and your family's life? Huge changes. I think that it's given us a moment in
0: time where you can make decisions. I have chosen to be retired at 45 years old and it's not Something that's super hard when you look at it—it's something that it is—it is doable. We've got these wonderful small multi-family units, right? That's—I learned that recently. That's what these triplex are called. We've got one triplex, one fourplex, and when my daughter graduated a couple of years ago, we got one for her in wealth. So that was very exciting. That's her first property that she can get started off with. Nice. But it gives you freedom, right? Choices if you want to work part time full time i mean you just have more choices than just working 9 to 5 and nowadays you don't even work 9 to 5 you know you work late hours weekends it's just part of the corporate culture
1: now so what did your boss or your company say when you told them bye bye i don't have to work part time until i'm dead <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaving now what did what did they say I'm going to say that everybody was saying not don't do it, don't do it, don't leave.
0: And because in my employment, I used to love where I used to work. It was great up until a point where things got quite bad. And like I said, I was getting ill. I decided all my friends and family, like, why would you leave that great job with great benefits? Well, guess what? I used to work in pension and benefits and I would see what people would have at the end of their work term. It wasn't sufficient. It's It's not a comfortable amount to retire on then you've got cpp another small amount right old age pension plan. Like there's there are resources that the government that's only one small resource you need to invest you need to have assets that's the only way that that you're going to be able to retire comfortably
1: yeah and i mean it's it's really interesting because you have that inside information and you know one of the things that that I I find sometimes scary is how many people rely on EI, CPP, like just all the government stuff. And I don't know if they realize it's like $500 a month or something like just insanely small.
0: (laughs) That's going to cover nothing. And I mean, when you look at CPP and you look at old age supplement, it's nothing. It's, I mean, you're going to have to figure out and, and also, right years ago there was a defined benefit contribution plan which everybody was in that's based on a formula so after your years of service depending how much you make you were able to walk away from your employment with a specific amount so whether that was a thousand two thousand three thousand it was it was a pretty good pension people could rely on that however then they
1: change it to what to call the DC. So fund. it's defined contribution. Now it used to be defined benefit. That's right. So defined contribution means that
0: whatever you're putting in, whatever your employer is putting in, plus the way it grows, that's the money that you work with. So it's more like a savings account. Well, guess what? People are living longer. When you're living longer, you need more money for that longer period of
1: time. So
0: very different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think ultimately, here's my thoughts on this. If you guys are working a full-time job and your employer is matching, do what you can to get the match. And that's what I do. That's why I actually have an RSP because otherwise I wouldn't. But, you know, if my company is paying me, let's just call it up to 5% of my salary or whatever that number is, and they're paying me a twenty five or $1 or whatever that is for every dollar I put in, I'm going to take that because it's free money. But anything above that goes into real estate investing. <laughs> it's an area that you'd be really surprised. I mean, where I was working
0: on the lot, of, everyone's a professional. Many people, believe it or not, would not take advantage of the employer match contributions. Just because people are busy, they can't be bothered. It's not an area of really of interest, right? You have to sit down, figure out what it is. You have to start saving. It's so worth it. A company pension plan is so worth it. Now, years later, I find out that when you have RSP, you can take your RSP out of your corporate umbrella with Sun Life, Manual Life. You can take those funds, invest it in mortgages. You can go ahead
1: and do the private market. There's different strategies. Again, you have to educate yourself. And I'll tell you what, the banks don't tell you that there's such a thing as moving your money into mortgages or private money because they lose money when people do that because they make money off their mutual funds that they charge 3% for. And Sun Life isn't going to tell you that because again, they're not making money off of that. So it really is unfortunate, but you need to do your own research and learn the stuff on your own, unfortunately, because no one is out there like the bank is a business like they are not there to help you <laughs> work with a mortgage broker please <laughs> Yes, it's it's
0: critical i think that once you started getting yourself educated and finding out how money works how money can grow how money can work for you you just it's like an eye opening right there's a whole world out there that you were never taught in school but it is possible
1: absolutely i mean that's the big thing is podcast like this hopefully that can give a different way of thinking or just different tips to people where if they go to the bank I mean it's just like people are yeah. in it for themselves yeah. sometimes and I think that you know you go to the bank and they tell you what's in it for themselves like of course yeah they're gonna help you but are they really truly helping you they're, not, they're doing their job
0: their job they're hired by the bank right to collect all these funds get the savings so then they can lend it out and yeah. every single time I've gone to the bank the financial planner you know the person who I deal with always tries to sell me mutual funds and I'm at the point where I say to them very straightforward I'll say unless you can talk to me over 20% annual return I don't want to hear it and then they have nothing to say to
1: me yeah and, and you know what's funny too is like we were so originally we didn't do this properly when we started but we went to the bank first and we didn't work with a mortgage broker but big mistake but we went to the bank and the banker was like oh this is really interesting this real estate thing i okay, <laughs> want to try no. to like learn more and i'm like you're supposed to be giving me the advice here lady you know and and yes. so other than you realize like they make no money and they're like just trying to get by and it's just their job and stuff like that and, job. yeah it but ultimately to do yeah but that advice i mean it's not always the right advice like no one's gonna be like why don't you just take that money and go and like loan it out at 10 or 12%. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that because it goes to Olympia Trust Community Trust or I think there's another one I can't remember, but and then that's where it goes. And then they lose out on the ability to you reuse your money to loan out and and get, you know, a percentage that's going to be higher than probably what you're getting. So you know what? I'm going to tell you
0: what my husband would say before, right? He would say things like, "Wait a minute. If it's so easy, why isn't everybody doing it?" Well, here's the thing. It's like a secret, right? You're not being taught this in school. You're not being taught by the bankers. You're not being taught anything from even your own parents. They don't know what they don't know. So now that we're saying there is more out there that you can do with your money, go out, find out, get yourself the right mortgage broker, get educated and do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree. I mean, this is I think why you're in your spot, retired at 45 and, you know, they say that most millionaires have done so by investing in real estate, which is very, you know, it's it's it makes sense with everything that we've been saying this whole time. You want to retire early, you want to create wealth. I mean, I can't think of a better way to do it other I can't than think of real a estate.
0: Way either. I can't, I mean, when you look at the amount of work that you put in, I mean, we've got student rentals, so it is more work than your typical, just getting a family to rent out there, but not just the the rewards. Every time I go to the property, I look at the property and go, wow, like we own this. Oh my, this is amazing. How did we get here? You know, (laughs) and you just count your blessing. You just give thanks for what you have. And if it wasn't for that, I mean, I'd be working nine to five. No, sorry, not nine to five nine to eight o'clock plus the weekends
1: right and something that you're not fully happy with now there are people that are working and they want to work because they enjoy it, and that's awesome you know it's but when way. you yeah and when you're working because you enjoy it but you don't have to do it for having a paycheck because mm-hmm. it comes from other avenues I mean that's a great place to be in because at the end of the day you never know if you're gonna get sick and have to stop for whatever reason unfortunately like there's always a lot of unknown so just plan to plan. I was just on a podcast earlier and Corey McKinnon said, plan to plan it. I mean, it's important. You got to, you got to plan. I mean, it's, they say, I, fe- I feel like I've read this somewhere that people spend more time planning their next vacation than their financial future, which is actually kind of sad.
0: Yes. And you know what I found out because when I was working in, in the corporate life, right? What I found out was super interesting, that doesn't matter how educated you are, people are not interested in finding out how to save, how to work with your finances. They're just, it's not like, it's not a sexy topic. It's not an interesting topic where I'm saying, Oh my God, it's super interesting because this will affect your life. This will affect your life
1: and the ones of your family. So take an interest, just learn a little bit about it. Absolutely. I think we can keep talking about this on and on, but in respect for everyone's time, we, uh, we're going to move on to the lightning round. So, so I am going to ask you, Monica, a series of five questions, and you're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Good. So question number one, Monica, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? I'm going to say the
0: purple book, rich dad, poor dad. That
1: was, that was an eye
0: opening for me. That was like, wow. It's about mindset. It's about figuring things out.
1: Okay. All right. Excellent. Number two, Monica, what is your favorite podcast besides yours? The right club?
0: <laughs> so you know what? I've also been listening to Tom and Nick carazza Your life, your terms. Perfect. Yes. Good. All right. Number three. What do you do for fun aside from real estate? Besides real estate, spend time with family. We enjoy dancing. We like to salsa, merengue, and all that stuff.
1: That's that's our, our biggie. All right. Excellence. So number four. If you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? How would I start again? Um,
0: Fortunately, I think that the big plus is that I've got all my skills with me, right? All the knowledge I bring with me. I would um, sit down, piece of paper after praying and saying, okay, where am I going to go from here? It's goal setting, figuring out on paper, what are the strategies, what are the options?
1: And then get a mentor, get focused, start, do it. Awesome. And last question, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? $50,000, although
0: it sounds like a lot, it really is not a lot. However, if you sit down and you figure out what it is that you want, start off with the end in mind. What's your goal? Are you looking to be passive um, investor or do you want to be hands-on? If you're looking passive, once you write down all your options, then you could see, Maybe you want to invest in mortgages. Maybe you want to be an active investor. Then you can go out outside the GTA area that there are opportunities. Perhaps you're thinking, no, that's too far. I don't want to do that. That's why it's important to just sit down, write it as what you want, have the right team with you, the mortgage agent, a mentor, be focused on what it is that you want based on your outcome that you want. Then
1: proceed. That's great advice. Love it. So, Monica, if our listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you, and where can they go? I would say just my
0: Gmail account might be
1: the best thing. It's
0: monica.buildingitright at gmail.com.
1: All right, excellent. And
0: any final words of advice for the listeners? I would say that this is a mindset. I'm going to say that I read somewhere we're all travelers right? This is our journey. Enjoy your journey, get educated, figure out what it is that you want. If you want to work less, then plan for that. Take action. You can learn all that there is, books and people and so on. But once you've got that knowledge, what do you do with it? If you take action, things will change. If you procrastinate and just
1: stay there, nothing will change. So change your mindset, change your life. There you go. I love it. Change your mindset, change your life. On that note, Monica, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing your expertise, your knowledge and your insights. It was great to have you on. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that.